0: Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Isaiah 54 verse 1 is where we're starting from. That's where we're taking this thought from. It says, Sing, O barren, you who haven't born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. This lady is told that she's going to see great fruit at a time when it seems least likely. I don't know about your industry or what it might look like or what the economic prognosis is for your particular area, whether it's rising or stagnant or perhaps even in decline. But I believe with all of my heart that God has spoken to us as a church that this is our hour of opportunity that this is the time when we are meant not to think about pulling back or about shrinking back, but rather we are to lift up the eyes of opportunity and begin to look around for how we can stretch, how we can expand, how we can enlarge, how we can see God do the miraculous in our world. Now, often in Scripture, when that moment of opportunity exists... Fruit and foes are seen together. Let me read to you out of Numbers chapter 13, verse 23. It says, They came to the valley of Eshcol and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole. And they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. Now, that would seem so unreal as to be almost a fairy tale. But I saw online, and if you go, there's like myriads of pictures and videos of a place, I believe it's in Colombia, that has become world famous for growing the most gigantic vegetables on the planet. And this video, when they interview them and say, why is this? They say, the blessing of God has come on our area. There's been a revival of people coming to Christ in that area. And somehow or other, whether it's a sign and a wonder, I guess you'd say it was. But they have become world famous for growing extraordinarily large vegetables and fruits in that particular part of the nation. These guys come back with a fruit that would make you absolutely stagger. You'd wonder what it came from. It was that large. But let's read on, verse 27, same chapter. It says, And they told him and said, This is the twelve spies. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. They were a giant race. We saw them there. The Amalekites, very warlike, aggressive people, dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. These people say, not only is there great fruit, there is also great foes. Let me say to you this morning that in your life, when God opens up a door, it will often have both things present at the same time. There will be great fruit, but there'll also be great adversaries. Uh, Paul wrote this in Acts. He says, "The great and effectual door has been opened unto us, but there are many." Sorry, it's uh, Second Corinthians. Uh, but there are many adversaries. He said, "Not only is there opportunity." The sad thing for these people is that the foes got their attention more than the fruit did. And so I want to speak to you briefly this morning on fruit and foes. Maybe you're a business person here. And an opportunity comes, but you wonder whether you should seize the opportunity, whether you should even think about it. Maybe it's time to batten down the hatches. Maybe it's just in the area of ministry where you have been feeling a prompting to step out and to stretch in your life into new areas. But at the same time, that old foe of shyness and inadequacy, the feelings of not being as good or good enough rises up within you and those foes are present roaring at you and so I want to speak to you on when fruit and foes appear together number 1 when fruit and foes appear together choose the big picture and the long view not the safe place and the short term ask yourself when you are in that time of opportunity and opposition Ask yourself, what's the big picture here? These people were facing a promised land, a land that had been promised. They were facing either the wilderness where they were, Egypt where they'd come from, or the long-term view was to build homes. They were currently living in tents. And the opportunity was, the long-term view was to move into that be very wary, cautious of making your decisions based only on what's safe or what's immediate in your life. Ask yourself, what's the long-term picture here? If these people had have done that, they, would have, they wouldn't have gone for Egypt or the wilderness. They would have said, you know what, the giants might be a battle. It might take time for us to do it, but the long-term picture is that's where we're meant to go. And if they'd done that and chosen rightly in the fruit and foes dialogue that was going on, they wouldn't have ended up saying we'd rather be slaves back where we were. When opportunity comes, choose the long view. Choose the big picture Not the sworn. Secondly, when fruit and foes appear, guard your emotions. I don't know of anything more important when you are in difficulty or restriction than the verse in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where it says, Keep your heart with all diligence in other words don't make it a part-time activity don't fit it in when you get around to it but first things first give your attention to what's going on in the inside guard your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of of life the word issues there the hebrew word literally means exits it means you, have you ever exited off the freeway? I have, only to discover you took the early exit and you should have kept going and end up having to go and do a great big thing and go all the way around again to get back back onto the road you were meant to be on in the first place. Have you ever gone round a roundabout and went out too quick? Huh? Well, that's what this verse is saying. Don't take an early exit off the highway of your destiny but guard your heart. So many people take early exits in the when difficulties arise. If you let them, your emotions will take over the driver's seat. And whenever they do that, the first thing your emotions look for is reverse gear. Where are the brakes? Where's reverse? How do we get out of here? Because the emotions have been sitting in there looking at what comes up ahead and saying there's no way we're ever going to make it. Numbers chapter 14, the very next chapter after those verses we read in Numbers 13, the very next chapter says this, I want you to watch it. It says the whole community was in an uproar, wailing all night long. What does that sound like to you? It sounds to me like people whose emotions have gotten the better of them. They are not thinking straight anymore. They are simply opening up the floodgates of emotion and out it all comes. And very seldom out of that kind of experience does wisdom come. Don't react, but wait. Let your emotions settle. I wonder how different this story would have become if they'd said, listen, time out. Let's not react. Let's not make a hasty decision. Let's go away, sleep on it. Let's meet again in three days' time because generally after three days, your emotions kind of find a better balance. I don't know about anybody else here, but uh, I have practiced this in my life. If I'm under pressure, I almost never make a hasty decision about anything. Very seldom do I have to decide now. Don't allow urgency in your emotional life to push you into a place you will regret later on. Amen? Come on. How different would it have been if they'd said, let's wait a couple of days, come back and then uh, they discussed it around the table. What would you think? Well, you know, well, God did say that he was going to give us the promised land. What do you reckon about that? Well, I know they're big, you know, but if they're big, they're probably slow. We could probably run around them. You know, what do we got? We could throw at them. Well, none of us have even fought one yet, you know. Maybe we might have supernatural help. Maybe God would help us. All these things might have come up. I don't know about the rest of anybody or maybe I'm the only person on the planet. Maybe I'm the only Christian that ever has a brain that goes Stupid And and Anybody here ever Woke up in the middle of the night And everything's so dark And so horrible And so oh God Oh God Oh God And then you toss and turn All night long And then you know And then by about mid morning You go What was that about Huh I cannot tell you The number of times I get up early Most morning Well every morning I get up And first thing I do I go into my study And I get out my Bible and I, I read through the Bible in a year according to a plan. That's just what I like to do. And, and so I journal that. And I cannot tell you the number of times I've I've tossed and turned all night long. And don't think I'm just a big worrywart, but sometimes there's a lot going on. And, you know, you toss and turn. And I've gone in there going, oh, God, oh, God. And, ah! and then gone in there and read my Bible and journaled a little bit and thought, oh, what was all that for? Just come on, help me out. Feel sorry for your pastor. Just say, Pastor, you're not alone. I have done that as well. How many of you have never done that because you just had perfect peace? You have conquered worry completely. Because I'm going to come and see me later. I'll give you some of my problems. Because I sure need some help with some of that there. Is that all right? I wonder what would have happened if they'd done that. Here's number three. Third thing, when fruit and foes meet, go with the commanded, not the opinionated. Oh, mercy. How many people have discovered that opinions are like armpits? Everyone's got them and most of them stink. That was a bit of an Aussie thing for you right there, Melinda. Write that one down. Opinions are like armpits. Everyone's got them, most of them stink. Stink being the Australian version of smell poorly. I'm not sure how that translates. I'll let you go back and say you'll never believe what I heard, Pastor Jeff. He, he, what a revelation. Amen. From now on, I am not smelling armpits. In Jesus' name. Amen. And don't nudge your neighbor. I just saw someone just do that. Like. Don't be like that. Unfortunately, in this story, the opinionated won the day and they lost what was meant to be theirs. Two men alone, Joshua and Caleb, went with the commanded and ended up inheriting the promise. How important it is. Listen, can I tell you this for sure? And this plays out in my life again and again and again. You get into a problem. And, or difficulty, or some pressure, or whatever. And, and all of a sudden, it seems like everyone in the world's got an opinion. I said to someone the other day, you know, if, I, if uh, every person's had an opinion on a building for us, if it comes to pass, we will be the biggest landowners in Perth. <laughs> now, I'm, not, I'm not against opinions, because everyone's got them. And I'm grateful for all the people around my life that share their opinions with me. You're driving too fast. Can you slow down? Oh, sorry. No, that was just wrong. Uh, <laughs> hey, wedding anniversary is over. We're back. Amen. <laughs> hey, That'll cost me right there for sure. But whenever it gets to that, I find myself constantly going back and saying, what did God say? What did God say? What did God say? What are the promises of God? What did God tell me? I think about the fact God, before we ever came to Perth, The Holy Spirit spoke to us and said he was going to raise up something great and raise up something that would influence the state. And so I think about that because that was the word from God. And I've heard lots of opinions down through the years about all kinds of stuff. I don't know what your thing might be. By all means, don't isolate yourself. But understand that not every opinion, can I say this reverently and nicely? Not every opinion from godly people will be a godly opinion. Because I get advice from people that I love. And I'm not talking about anybody here. So don't think I'm having a a go at anybody in the place because I don't do that. I don't believe in it. I don't fire bullets. I'm not a sniper. Amen. Hiding up there in the royal box. If I'm preaching about you, it's just because the Holy Spirit wants to say something. Not because I know anything about it. But however, I've discovered that sometimes very godly people in my world, their advice really is an opinion from a godly person and maybe it's not godly advice. And it's okay in that to say lovingly, thank you, I appreciate your concern, but I feel like I'm gonna go there. Amen. Number four, when fruit and foes appear together, don't mistake perspective for truth. Now, have a look. Now, there's hundreds of these things, but have a look at the first one. Put it up, please, on here, that first uh, uh, slide, if you can. There it is. See that there? Oh, I need to vanish. Don't follow me with the camera. That's actually not what we want. There you go. That's beautiful. See that there? 99.9% of all humans reckon that those two lines that are somewhat horizontal have got a curve in them. And you'd be wrong if that's what you thought. Because they are perfectly straight and perfectly parallel. But you think, now there's hundreds, show the next one. There's hundreds of these. See those there? How many people here are very sure that that's a very wonky looking parquetry thing? They're all all over the place. Do you know every one of those squares is a square? It's not out of shape. It just looks like it is. Your mind, your brain tells you they're all irregular. They're all slightly skewed, but they're not. They're all perfectly square. Go to the next one. Huh? How many of you are convinced that that's kind of different lines going up and down, but they're not, they're all perfectly horizontal, every single one of them? But you think, you think that it's one way. See, don't mistake perspective for truth. Ten men in this story, ten men said we can't. But here's the deal, they could. And 40 years later, their children did. They were wrong, but they believed they couldn't. Be very careful of perspectives in your life that tell you what you can and can't do. Can I say this to you? And you might want to write this down. God never asks us ever what we think we can or cannot do. God is never going to come to you and say, do you think you can? Are you, you know, are you able to? I cannot remember one verse in the entire Bible where God ever turns up and goes, well, what do you reckon? Do you think you can? He doesn't do that. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So he doesn't turn up going, do you think you Now, he may say some things I shouldn't do. But he never turns up ever and says, well, you know, I'm not sure. I'm a little cautious about this. I'm not quite confident that you're able to. Rather, he tells me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Be careful of perspectives about your ability or about what you can. Listen, 12 years ago, nobody believed that my people could lead Khmer people in the organization. We were told again and again, Mark and Andrew, just give Mark and Andrew a big hand, by the way, and we want to honor them today and thank them for, for what God has raised up through their life But I remember when Mark and I first went to Cambodia and we visited in the slums and all over the place all these NGOs that were aimed at helping children. Most of them were small and were difficult and we were told how impossible it all was. 12 years later, there's 3,500 children led by 350 Khmer staff and everybody said it couldn't be very careful of a perspective about what the future looks like based on what you are capable of now. Here's the last one, number five. Fifth one. When fruit and foes appear together, let me give them to you again. Choose the big picture in the long view. Guard your emotions. Go with the commanded, not the opinionated. Don't mistake perspective for truth. Here's the fifth one. I want you to write this down and remember it for the week to come and the weeks that lie ahead of you. The fruit is always worth the fight. Amen. The fruit's always worth the fight. I remember Pastor Hayden Glass. Well, Hayden, I think, went on the very first trip down uh, when Red Frog started 17 years ago down in the southwest. I remember the caravan park guy who said, don't come in here, we don't want you. We don't want religion. We don't want Bible bashes. You might drive the kids away. And so they came back out of that and there was no community support. There was no police saying welcome. Did you know that last year when it came to Red Frog's ministry in the southwest, that one of us, Corey, wherever he, he, I don't know if he's here this morning, but Corey, they asked for a representative from Red Frogs to sit in the police command vehicle overseeing the entire Southwest and all the police response. And they only asked, that was, Red Frogs was the only organization like that asked to be a part of it. Here's the funny thing about it Corey's been a part of Red Frogs for years and years now. And do you know what he does for a living? He sits in a headquarters watching over all the trains that, is it Fortescue or FMG? And he sits in a control room controlling all the trains that go all around Western Australia. And so you couldn't have found a better person to actually sit in a command centre and be a part of first response. The the fruit though, Hayden, is that not so? The fruit's worth the fight. Amen. And now we sit here looking at two towers across the road there, ultimately with 1500 university students in it. And we're inviting them to come to dinner and church next Sunday night. We're giving them free dinner. It's become an official engagement. It's on the official calendar across there. And those people are coming to celebrate with us at church. The fruit is worth the fight. Can I say to you, no matter what your fight is, keep your eyes on the fruit. That teenager you're praying for. That child that you are wondering how they're ever gonna turn out. Can I tell you the fruit is worth the fight? Business person here. You got a business that right now is under pressure. But I would encourage you, understand the fruit is worth the fight. You've heard from Melinda standing up here today who 12 years ago was a child peering through the gate, hearing the songs being sung and listening to the, the, the sound of kids getting an education. And there she is today saying, I'm not outside the gate, I'm in. Mean, why? Because the fruit is worth the fight in Jesus' name. The fruit. These people were willing to trade fruit for fetters and blessing for bondage. They're willing to retreat without a fight. I pray that they'll never say about your life or mine, ever, they never tried. I pray that they'll say about us, you know, we we were willing to fight for our fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Team, please come. Let's pray together. I don't know what your fight is today. I don't know what foes may be facing you. But I do know this, that God will never let me get into a fight without showing me what the fruit is. Please don't take early exits. Please don't think to yourself, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. I'm just one. I think about sometimes the people I've known that have not done the journey, the full length of it, that have opted out early because of pressure or they've allowed circumstance to push them out of their destiny. I don't believe there's any such thing as destiny lost. I think there's destiny detours. And I think this morning, no matter who you are, God wants you to get back on track with your destiny. In this month where we're speaking about stretch, God wants you to go, come on, come on, would you stretch out beyond what you're used to, beyond what you think you're capable of? Would you stretch out beyond that and say, God, I'm willing to go again? You know, God came to a man uh, called Moses, he was 80. And God said, it's time to stretch. He came to Abraham at 75 and said, it's time to stretch out of where you are. But he also came to a young man called David, who's probably 16 or so at the time. Came to the prophet Samuel, who's only a child, seven or eight years old. He said, it's time to stretch. And your it doesn't matter what age you are. It's all about this morning. Can you see the fruit? Or you're just allowing the foes to fill all of your horizons. Amen. Can we stand together for a second? Stand with me for a moment. This is what I want you to do. I want you just to hold your hands out before you if you would. And I want you just, while you're standing in the presence of God, I want you to see fruit. I don't know what yours might be. I know I've dreamt so often of the fruit of the life of this church what God wants to do and leaders that are raised up and ministries that are released. And so I look at things like transform and I look at things like red frogs. I look at things like hope and I look at things like this church and I go, thank you, God, for all the fruit and all the vanquished foes that litter our past. And yet, Lord, I want to see the fruit that's still ahead in the name of Jesus. I see the fruit. Come on, I see the fruit. Come on, see the fruit. You got struggles at home? See the fruit. Keep praying, mom. Keep praying, dad. Keep praying, grandma. Keep praying, granddad. Don't, Don't stop because it looks like they've gotten lost. Keep believing God. Come on, business person here. Keep seeing the fruit. God has not put you in that place of business just so you can have a bigger house or a boat, and I'm not against any of them. But maybe there's a fruit beyond what your business is about. Maybe you're seeking God for the future, for your own life. Would you see fruit in Jesus' name? Heavenly Father, we don't want to ever discount the fruit. These people forgot all about the massive grapes that took two men to carry a bunch. They turned their back on the fruit because they saw the foes. Help us today, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Lord, would you break down fear? Would you break down anxiety? Would you break down disappointment? Would you set people free today of the memories of the past and things that have kept them from moving forward and stretching into what you have for them? Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name.